welcome to Stateside F1. I'm Joe Leonardo. That man making the sound of, I'm going to say, Nico Hulkenberg revving his engine, saying, hey, if anybody needs me, I'm here. Y'all got a driver here. (laughs) That is Andrew Berger. How are you guys? How is everyone? Good to be back. And we are talking summer break. Today, we have a very special guest for us. We're super excited. We have Will Earl from FP1. Good to be here. So glad to have you. Amazing YouTube videos. Also, congrats on 50,000 followers. Big yeah. moves. Thank you. It's been it's been a crazy year, but 50K, um, it's, yeah, uh, the last like few weeks have just been crazy. So, uh, hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Oh, yeah, man. That's awesome. Great. Do you feel like that influences you in any way and how you make content and what you say? The beautiful thing about uh, YouTube is there's such a great uh, engagement between people that watch and the creator. So it, it almost feels like everyone's in on the journey. That's what I, I feel like YouTube has that specifically. Yeah, you're you're 100% right. And and I, I guess sort of, I, I try not to. Like, uh, I, I, there have been times, especially in the last few weeks, where I've scripted something, looked at one of the jokes and thought, oh, Twitter won't like that. Might <laughs> we'll, 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 let's just change the punchline a little bit and see where we go. But yeah, for the most part, I'm trying to stay as, as as sort of genuinely me as I can. If that means getting a bit of trouble every now and then, then that's what that means. So hey, we'll <laughs> we've not been cancelled just yet. We came close once, but uh, we're still in the clear for now. Anyway, maybe we can have that happen here for you. Hey, well we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It's the Jeremy Clarkson in us. <laughs> yeah, very true. Uh, let's talk summer break. It's been a wild one. I was kind of mentioning this a little bit before we started recording, but I feel like what makes this summer break <clears throat> a little more crazy and exciting than previous summer breaks is uh, social media. And there's always been social media in Formula One, obviously, but this year with Drive to Survive and everything and the presence that all the drivers have on Instagram, on TikToks are now being made, all that stuff, uh, Twitter. The season feels sillier than its silliest ever, if that makes sense. I feel like I've been on vacation with George Russell and Charles Leclerc during the summer break. And that's cool. It also reminds me how much more money they have than me. But not even that, just I feel like these drivers, everyone kind of just needs a break from Formula One just to get the hype back for the next race. 100%. I assume you own more shirts than George Russell. He's always shirtless. I mean, that I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody is. He does have a matching swimsuit with his girlfriend. And I did show my girlfriend that photo, which it was my mistake, because now that is on the list of things to buy for Christmas now. <laughs> <laughs> my wife and I went to a Bare Naked Ladies concert earlier this year, and she wanted to get a specific shirt. It was like from their tour. And uh, I just bought the same shirt for myself. And she's like, no, now I don't want it anymore. I'm like, wait. What difference does it make that we both own the same shirt? She's like, it makes all the difference in the world. I'm never going to wear this now. I'm like, okay, now I own two shirts. Awesome. <laughs> oh, gosh. Such such issues, <laughs> but not as big as Danny Rick and McLaren's issues mm. that he's having right now. Will he be in Formula One next year? That is the question, isn't it? it, it uh, uh, now I've I've said this publicly before, but to get to set the record straight, I am the biggest Daniel Ricciardo simp 
that there is on the planet. So go team. If if, if you're amongst yeah, you're amongst yeah. friends here. If if so, if I, at any point I sound biased or I sound generally pissed at McLaren, uh, it's because I am. So tough, basically. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Ralph Schumacher thinks he should go. Well, I don't care what Ralph Schumacher thinks. Um, you know, uh, no one does. No one cares. Yeah. Mick doesn't even care. <laughs> my 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 honest thought on it, though, and, and as much as I hate to say it, is he's feeling like this season's Hulkenberg in that driver that has lost his seat at his current team should probably land somewhere else. But at the end of the day, he just won't. Um, it seems like Alpine is the only logical choice. I don't believe he'll go to Haas. I can't see him doing that, but you never know. Stranger things. I mean, this year, stranger things have happened. Um, but for me, going back to Alpine is the is 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 the only realistic option that I that I see. And given how he left that team, and given that they have so many more options, yeah, will they bother going back? And I kind of feel like if they would, this decision would have been made by now. So, yeah, that hurts for me. Um, I just pray it doesn't end up in Formula E. I just that's all I ask, Daniel. My thoughts on Formula E are widely known. Uh, uh, okay. I, I, I honestly think IndyCar would be great for him. I know yeah. it'd be leaving the Formula world, but like he would be great here, here in the States. He would be I'm loved. totally with you. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I mean, Ganassi have a seat going, potentially. If not, McLaren still have a, but maybe might still have a seat. Then again, that will probably go to Rosenquist, won't it? But mm. that Ganassi drive, provided that McLaren get below. You know that that's a really good seat in IndyCar. I mean, it's the same car that won the championship last year. Yeah, with Danny Rick, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, look at what Grosjean's managed to do in Indy, and Grosjean's a pretty good Formula One driver, but he was never going to win a championship. He, no. he, he had flashes of race winning potential, but he could never really do much with it. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, I rate way higher than Grosjean. Put him in a good car in Indy. Dominate it, and I, I, I mean, I've been looking for an excuse to watch the Indy 500 live. I'll take that if Danny Rick's going. What the hell? Oh, Grosjean was in the last 500, right? Grosjean was. Grosjean was in the Indy 500 this year. He he didn't do it last year, um, because he didn't do ovals, did he? But uh, no, yeah, uh, I think he he crashed out or something. I, I I might be wrong, but I don't think he finished. The Music City Grand Prix two weeks ago. I mean, I, I saw your video also, Will, but oh my God, what a, that was it. My cousin lives down in Nashville. So I was, it was, oh my God, it was like, it was a, a derby, like a, a crash derby. I mean, also Nashville is just a ridiculous city to live in, but just a ridiculous, terrible race. Danny Rick actually might be good at the Music City. I feel like his best track is Baku and Monaco. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm with you. I mean, may, well, is, well, Monaco. Is, is, everybody's is, it, no matter, wherever you qualify in Monaco is kind of where you're gonna end up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a qualifying track. He's he's good at kind of keeping it out of the walls. I think I say that he crashed in Monaco this year in, in FP2, yeah. but um, that was that was the team's fault from what I'm aware of. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, look, I I would be all down for, to see Danny Rick in IndyCar, and I think he'd be really successful there. So um, it's kind of why. Well, initially, I was I was really really gutted about him losing that. I mean, we don't even know if he has lost in the McLaren seat, but we we think he probably has. Yeah, yeah. I I was gutted initially, but I thought, you know what? Even if he doesn't land in Formula One, 
I think Indy could be a really good landing spot for him and one where he could honestly dominate. I mean, all the, as I said, like all the, all the F1 drivers that have currently crossed over have been fairly good. I mean, they're the last good, good driver that I think crossed over, maybe Takuma Sato. Um, or, or maybe, no, Montoya went the other way. Did Montoya go the other way? I can't remember. I think he was in Indy first. Now he's in sports cars, I know. It was He was never in Formula E. That was Massa. Yeah, Massa went to Formula E and then, like, f- yeah, floundered. Um, but, yeah, yeah no, R- Ricardo and IndyCar would be all for. That'd be a great marketing tool for Formula One, if you consider it, if you think about it. I mean, when Alonso was qualifying for Indy and almost won, except for, like, like he, like, when his car crapped out, in like the last quarter of the race, even less, the biggest news when Alonso was there was Alonso. So Formula One was smart. Well, they are smart, but would they be to put Danny Rick into Indy, but with some kind of level of incentive, either monetary or, you know, make some backmarker team, keep him as a reserve driver and potentially bring him back the next season or in two seasons. But how old is Danny Rick? Like 33? Something like that. Yeah. 33 sounds right. I have, I have a quick question. How hard is the transition from Formula One to Indy or from Indy to Formula One? Because I know that you're losing power steering going to IndyCar. There's differences in weight, all that stuff that you have the shield in front of you. I don't know if that changes your arrow and, you know, what what's like the biggest thing to overcome when going from Formula One to IndyCar? That's a good question. I... I guess the ones that you mentioned are quite high up there. It's obviously, I think, harder to go from IndyCar to Formula One than it is to go from Formula One to IndyCar. At the end of the day, the cars in Indy are slower. Gives you, you know, more of a, you you, you can react to things quicker. Uh, and for a driver that's suited to higher speed, faster paced Formula One cars, I think it's why we've seen the likes of, you know, Ericsson and Grosjean do really, really well and settling relatively quickly, it must be said. Um, just because, you know, Formula One, I don't think this is too controversial. Formula One, the cars are maybe harder to drive, maybe uh, uh, just because they're quicker. I mean, maybe the power steering. That's got to be killer on the arms. Oh uh, the power the power steering, yeah, perhaps. But um, it seems like the ovals that, that, that they were more scared of. I can't, obviously, Grosjean didn't want to do them in the first year. There was another driver, and I'm trying to remember who it was. Might have been Perez quite recently, said he was scared of ovals and would never do them. Um, yeah, I did hear someone from the Formula community yeah, say that. I forget exactly who it was. I, might have been Perez. It might have been somebody else. But yeah, there is this general fear of ovals um, just due to the speeds that they reach on those circuits. But I think, for, especially for street courses, given that the direction that Formula One is headed now, they're like, oh, we've got all these lovely, beautiful, historic tracks. Nah, they may provide great racing, but we want Baku or we want Vegas, you know, um, because money. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Formula One, I guess, in that sense, is sort of tra- all, all motorsports really are transitioning more away from these traditional purpose-built tracks to, to to these you know ones in the middle of the city where they can just bring in way more revenue. Be that from sponsors, be that from circuit organizers, be that from fans that are just closer to the track in general because it's outside their window. So um, I think now more than ever is quite an easy time to switch between the series because they're they're racing on fairly similar tracks as well. We just had uh, Corey Willis on a couple, was it last episode or a couple episodes ago? And yeah. uh, we were talking about how much we hated Vegas. Oh, we hate the idea of Vegas. And then we're both like, we're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a spectacle. It's going to be just P2 
pure glitz and glamour and lights and everything. I mean, I was I was at the Miami Grand Prix and that was a blast. I mean, Miami is just such a flashy, like the whole vibe of Miami is just 305 till I die. <laughs> That's the area <laughs> code in Miami. Um, but yeah, getting to the track because it was the track was around the Miami Dolphins football stadium. It was the parking lot. Yeah, that's exactly what and they converted the parking lot into the track, which is so weird. Because then, where do people park to go to the track? There's like lots like across the street, but there were people protesting the race and to get from one side of the track to the other. Because I was sitting more like closer to the start finish line, and then on the opposite end of the track is where they're having Post Malone and all the famous musicians perform, and where they had the um you know, the fake Marina. Yeah. But yeah. To get there, you had to walk. It wasn't, I'm exaggerating by saying like a mile or two, but you had to like walk through, like up through the corkscrew in the stadium across like the top level 300 section. Whoa. Wait, ac- across the bleachers, across the seats and everything. Like across like the right well, outside of the bleachers. Yeah. Right underneath, like where the concessions and stuff are. Right. Exactly. Okay. And then walk down the other corkscrew and like on these corkscrews, you saw all these planks or pallets with like Haas and all the race teams gear just like stored away. I mean, basically just walking around the Miami Grand Prix was a terrible experience, but the race itself was of course wonderful and incredible. But yeah, these street circuits, yeah, they're just, they're just money hungry. Cause I mean, it's not Doralton Capital. They bought Williams, but Liberty Media. whoever purchased for me, yeah, they need to make the money back. I mean, it's look what Disney did to Star Wars. They ruined it to make the money back. <laughs> yeah, you're sadly not wrong. I mean, the Miami circuit, I think, can be made a hell of a lot better if they got rid of that stupid little chicane. And just before the, I think it, it, it's actually, no, it's the start of the final sector, I think. That horrible yeah. little tight chicane. It just, it's so Formula E and I hate it. Um, and I, I, if you made that a fast flowing section, it would be great. You know, you could then follow much more easily. I think they, they maybe over anticipated the effect that the 2022 regs would have. Um, and, and, and as a result, we get this tiny tight little corner, which ruins any racing opportunity into the final corner. Um, because you can, if, if you, if you make that simply just a straight piece of track, uh, or even like a castle section there where it gets quite tight, you've got to like sort of, what's the saying thread the needle that's it you have to thread the needle between the walls uh and then you get onto a nice open straight drs open and get an overtake into the final corner do you think maybe they're doing that to make more seating when it's a chicane you have seating around there so people buy tickets to go sit there if it's a straightaway it's not like how they have it in france though so france that's exactly what they're doing when you've got the the chicane halfway down the uh the 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 back straight but here you're using the same piece of track mass. So I don't think you'd have to move any ground. I don't know if there are grandstands there anyway, because it's all under a bridge, isn't it? So I'm not too sure what the viewing points. Andrew, you might know you might know more because you're you're obviously there, but um I don't think you'd have to change the grandstands much. They just get maybe a quicker view of the cars. It won't be quite as quick. But um I think you could probably get away with keeping the ticket prices the same and just have that a straight piece of open road. It wouldn't be difficult even to 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 sort of do if i'm if i'm honest but that, that that's just my take on miami the rest of the track yeah it's not bad it's just very you know 21st century form of the world yeah i mean 
I will say probably the best viewing points were the bridges. Like people would be like getting yelled at by standing on the steps of the bridges because you could just see the cars like fly by. Mm. And to me, that's like the most exciting thing. I mean, I know like, you know, they're very technical parts of like the chicanes and the curves and seeing the, uh, the passing on the curves. But I mean, to me, it like doesn't get more real until you see, you know, Max Verstappen just like flying by at like 180 miles per hour and then seeing him break for the uh the turning like you know for a different sector because you know it's cool i don't find it as entertaining seeing a car go through a chicane you know midway through the race where everyone's kind of like expanded their leads and they're you know they're not really bunched up anymore so to me it's just looking at a car going 40 miles per hour through this little chicane where i'm like okay i could do that in like my honda crv like not difficult like what, what is Pierre Gasly doing that I can't do? Like, I want to see. I could do that in my Kia soul. Exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I heard this hilarious joke one time. It was about the Olympics. It was, um, it was about the swimming Olympics. Like I really only know Michael Phelps and Katie Ledecky. They said they should have like an average swimmer jump in the pool with the Olympians. <laughs> like for, <laughs> for scale. Yeah. Just to show like how much, <laughs> like how talented and strong these Olympians are. Versus like your average like swimmer who just they should also say his fun. stats too. Like here we have, <laughs> you know, like if I do it, like here we have Joe Leonardo. He exercises like maybe once a week. I mean, this, this, this is why I always think they should put someone like me on Love Island every year, just to kind of <laughs> add, you know, to spice things up every now and then. It'd be fun. If anyone from ITV is watching, you know, I love it. Drop me an email, fb1.sponsorship at gmail.com. There you go. All right. I love that. I would watch it. Yeah. I mean, I would totally watch it. There was a reality show back. I think MTV did it where they had, I forget the name of it, but they had, they told one guy he was a plant and you're here to kind of mess everything up, but they told everyone that. So everyone on the show thought they were the only person that was a plant. And That's it was great. just pure chaos. The show didn't last, but it was hilarious. I guess you can only really do one season of it then because you do yeah, it again. It was like, well, I mean, I know what <laughs> happens here, you know? So, but that, that sounds great. Wow. Hi, everybody. Joe Leonardo here. And this is Andrew Berger. Along with being the hosts of Stateside F1, Andrew and I are audio engineers with thousands of hours of podcast experience. Between the both of us, we've worked with a wide variety of companies from Google to Discovery as editors, mixers, sound designers, and even social media managers. If it's a companion podcast for a TV show or just a hobby among friends, we can help you with your podcast. Feel free to reach out to us at statesideF1 at gmail.com. I want to talk one second about like ticket price. I know we're not really talking about like a silly season and summer break, but most of my brothers into racing, Matthew, who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago and Matthew and I drove out to Watkins Glen out in uh, New York and we got tickets to, I don't know, the tickets were like 70 bucks each to go like three days of privateer, like GT3, GT4, uh, IMSA racing and uh, another company that, promotes racing i can't remember the name but it promotes privateer racing but what i want to say is access around the track was just crazy i mean there was like a bunch of people there my brother the weekend before was there and it was they had like essentially the whole le mans grid at that track it was like the six hours of the glen 
And my brother, we were both, we were allowed to like drive our car all around the track. And we had like 12 different vantage points all three days. So we just saw different corners. We saw the boot section. You guys were talking to like the crew and stuff too, right? Yeah. We like got into the pits and like they yelled that we were wearing shorts. You're supposed to wear pants in the pit lane. So, but you know, we got to see driver changes and next day we came in pants and obviously in a, you know, just sat in the pits during like the midpoint of the race. And we just watched all these cars just fly in, change the tires, change the drivers. And like Formula One is such a spectacle, but I also really, I may have said I had more fun at the Watkins Glen race because I could just walk up to these drivers and be like, oh, okay. So like, how are you, like, how's, how are the tires feeling? Like what, what's going on? I mean, I wouldn't go up to them during the racing session, but when, uh, when everyone was in the garage, like working on the cars, it was, uh, it was more just about the purity of racing than the spectacle of, you know. Well, if you match the access that you had with, let's say you had that access in Miami, you would be like, the Formula One was much more exciting. If you're able to hang out with like Tom Cruise and Toto Wolf, I mean, we saw we we, we saw that <laughs> happen at the at the first lap in Silverstone. Those guys walked out onto the track and had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's just because of the level you're at when you're at that race at Watkins yeah. Glen, you're able to have that access. But Formula One is so removed from reality that you have to be of that lifestyle and of that, you know, class to be able to access all that stuff. Like sometimes you're watching and then you'll have like there's a shot of Matthew McConaughey just standing with like, you know, Steiner. He's just hanging out with Steiner or Keanu Reeves is there and he was with Williams, I think. He would be with Williams. That that's that is their version of you at Watkins Glen. Yeah. Yeah. It, you were the Keanu Reeves of Watkins Glen. <laughs> what a I am honored to be compared to such a wonderful man. <laughs> it I, I I completely get where you're coming from though, and it's why in, in, in the UK, I don't know whether you've heard of the Goodwood Festival of Speed. Oh, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. want to go. Honestly, I so I've been every year bar two since 2016. And it is phenomenal. It's 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 okay, not quite to the level of Watkins Glen, but you, you know, I, I so the last time I I, I went this year, um, I went in my old um, 2003 BMW shirt, um, and I'm sat looking at all these classic Williams cars, uh, and more than cars, up to me and says, "Do you want a photo with it?" And I was just like, "Yeah." It's like, come on, so they just take me take me behind the barriers, and I'm sat next to uh, I think it was Damon Hill's '96 car. Oh uh, wow! And, and little things like that, and and we went over to the Mercedes. Um, sort of pit and you could just sit and chat to all the engineers you then see when the drivers come out like there was george this year was crazy like all of f1 twitter just sends on this little like uh pit and he try and, and he's trying to sign a few people's and then yeah you've you've then got people that are full-on like frothing at the mouth just to get a sight of the guy and you're like bit weird oh. but okay fine uh and and that's kind of why you you see okay this is why you don't get that level of access at a Grand Prix, it would just be a mosh pit everywhere. The cars couldn't, if you've seen the footage of, I think it's Nigel Mansell when everyone stormed the circuit at the end of the I think, 92 British Grand Prix, it would be a bit like that, but for the entire race. I mean, that would be an extra <laughs> level of challenge. You know, like you, you get, have you ever seen that Top Gear episode where they have to drive around the supermarket and everything they hit, they lose points. Like for every yeah. spectator you kill, you end up having you you lose points in the in the drivers' championship. I mean that's that's that. That'd be actually, that'd be great fun. That's a that's, we should have a New York City circuit, but we yes. don't tell any of the pedestrians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
my yeah, well, God. I mean, that's the breast punish punishment for jaywalking, isn't it? Like, you know, <laughs> exactly. Uh, they'll never do that again. But uh, yeah, there you go. Formula One, there's my idea for you. Do what, do with it what you want. The 96 Damon Hill car, is that where uh, Schumacher knocked him off the track and he got penalized? Was that that, that year? That was 94. Or, or during, was that when he took the championship? 94 was when he punched them off at Adelaide. 96 was when yeah. Hill actually won the championship. I remember that. Yeah, that was... Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Hill's still in therapy about that. I would be. <laughs> he at least got one championship I guess like yeah. he, he got that redemption if if Hill never won a championship and he deserves to and I'm not just saying that because he follows me but he de- he deserved to win the championship um, and they begged yeah. Michael Schumacher to apologize and he like wouldn't, yeah, he never he did. wouldn't he, it's Michael Schumacher he's never going to do that but, <laughs> uh, but 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 yeah, um, it's a crazy few years. I think it's an underrated decade, the 90s. Oh, there was some fantastic you had, championship you had battles. Ayrton Cena, you had Schumacher, you had everything. Yeah, you had, Hackett versus Schumacher as yes, well. Yes, yes. Yep, oh yep. my God, Hackett. Yeah, that's like fire and ice right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, imagine F1 Twitter back in those days. God. But they had a good relationship. They did, I think. I think that's because Hackett yeah. wasn't a particularly... like. Uh, he, he he wouldn't aggravate people. Uh, whereas if you look at say um, uh, Schumacher and Senna, we didn't get enough of sadly. But like those two were more that that I think could have become something a lot more heated because they were both very similar in the sense that yeah they they would just go at each other's throats. Senna and Prost is a better example because we actually we actually saw that happen. I did, I just learned this recently. I didn't know this. Prost was a pallbearer at Senna's funeral. Mm, yeah, yeah, he carried yeah. the casket. Yeah, so even how heated they were uh, on the track, it, you're still human beings. Yeah, and also there's there's death involved. It's a, it changes the relationship. I just brought down the energy. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> We've gone from running over people at Silverstone to We've yeah, gone I mean... from gleefully running over pedestrians <laughs> in New York City to being like, hey, we're all human. We all love each other, right? <laughs> Uh, before we leave here, I want to touch on one last thing, and that's Max Verstappen. Um, is this it? Is he done? Is he world champion? Is some yeah? yeah it, it's yeah. The, I thought this would be a slower topic, but yes, I think that's I mean, the answer. Right? I there. have put all the money in my betting account on Max Verstappen to win the championship. I'm going to win three pounds from that when that <laughs> when that comes true. Um, when you go part- P10 to first and you do a full 360 in that race, yeah, I, I mean, win. Part 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 of the reason I've put all my money on it, and, and I'm kind of hoping that my bad luck means that we will get more of an exciting fight. Because usually, if I bet on something, it will never come true. Um, so that's kind of why I've done it. Uh, but but hey, it, it's, it's I mean, we can't fault Verstappen. Like Ferrari, okay, yeah, they've thrown it away. But Verstappen and, and, and Red Bull have done a fantastic job, and that's coming from a guy who is 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 not one of Verstappen's biggest supporters at the end of the day. So um yeah, I mean fair play to Max, fair play to Red Bull. You know, they've they've done everything right. They've not besides maybe a few issues with reliability at the start of the year, they've not put much of a foot wrong. No, Max deserves this one. He really worked yeah. hard and even with all well, everything you said, even with Ferrari's mistakes and everything, this is Max's to win and he did it. Yeah. I think that's important as well after Abu Dhabi last year and all those people um, saying, oh, well, he hasn't earned it. It should be Hamilton's championship. This one, it's definitely going to be Max's, no matter what anyone can say. Uh, even Team LH might will, will struggle to find a reason against it. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, f- a fair, fair play to them. I mean, they've come through this regulation change 
And where Mercedes have faltered and fallen back, Red Bull, despite being in that same t- title battle, pulled through and uh, and have been the, a very good team and the better team this year in a lot of ways. I know Leclerc has a multi-year deal. I'm not sure about signs, but do you think they would potentially consider jumping ship to another team, especially with the potential open seat at uh, Alpine? I wouldn't swap Ferrari for Alpine. I mean, it's that 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 would be ridiculous for me. Uh, Ferrari have got to get it right at some point. I feel like we've been saying that for nearly a decade now. But Mick Schumacher says he's ready for Ferrari. He's not. <laughs> no, I would love to see Mick in a Ferrari, but I, 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 I can't. I, he needs to show me more. A hundred percent. Like, dude, you're not like. I understand, like you know, the history you have in your loins is huge, Mm. but at the same time, you got to like put up and just saying, Hey, I'm ready for the next step. Cause my dad was here. It's like, bro, I'm not saying that's the reason why he said it, but like, dude, I mean, he he is ticking off a few of the boxes. He's crashed in Monaco. He's, uh, exactly. You know, he's, he's, he's pulled out a few things here and there, but Nothing but net with that comment. Yeah, I, it, oh. he's got to win two world championships with Haas before he can before he can move to Ferrari. <laughs> Big thank you to our guest today, Will Earl. Check him out, FP1 on YouTube. They are celebrating fifty thousand subscribers. That's awesome. Thank you for listening to Stateside F1. Please like, comment, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your sweet, sweet podcast content. Follow us on Instagram at Stateside F1 and TikTok at Stateside F1 Podcast. And feel free to DM us, send us memes, comments, questions, suggestions, etc. We will respond and follow you back. See you all next week. Thank you, Will. Pleasure, guys.